Good morning. It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Thursday, May 20th, 2021. I'm Peter Apathy with Raven News. Alaska lawmakers passed a bill to Republican Governor Mike Dunleavy on Wednesday that boosters say would ensure better long-term planning for the state-run ferry system. The marine highway system has been struggling with deep spending cuts, an aging fleet, and declining ridership as it runs fewer ships to coastal communities. But it's also come under fire for poor planning decisions that have kept its brand-new Alaska-class ferries tied to the dock. Kodiak Republican Senator Gary Stevens said during the Senate's floor debate on Tuesday that House Bill 63 would replace an existing advisory panel with a nine-member Alaska Marine Highway Operations Board. The board would be tasked with crafting a short and long-term vision. Their job is to assess and suggest marine business and procurement practices, enhance revenue, and reduce costs. The bill, written by Kodiak Republican House Speaker Louise Stutes, unanimously passed both the House and Senate. Wasilla Republican Senator Mike Schauer says he's concerned the ferry reform bill doesn't go far enough to change a business-as-usual culture at the State Department of Transportation. Sometimes people have the assumption, it seems like, that there are legislators and others that don't want to have a ferry, like we don't support it. And I I don't see that in this building at all. Um, I've seen nothing but support for the ferry, but I think we all also acknowledge that the ferry, we have issues, and we have to do better. Four of the nine members of the board would be appointed by legislative leadership. The governor's office has suggested that lawmakers appointing members to an executive board could violate the Constitution's separation of powers. On Wednesday, Governor Dunleavy's spokesman Jeff Turner walked back that opposition without saying whether the governor would sign or veto the bill. In a brief statement, he says the governor will consider the legislation. An Alaska Native Corporation shareholder has won a partial victory on appeal in his fight with state financial regulators over critical social media posts. As Coast Alaska's Jacob Resnick reports, the case highlights the tension between state officials maintaining the integrity of high-stakes corporate elections without quashing legitimate shareholder dissent. Ray Austin was accused of making misleading or false statements on Facebook that were critical of the Juno-based Gold Belt Corporation's leadership. An administrative law judge recently found him innocent of those charges. The state's Division of Banking and Securities had cited Austin last year and ordered him to pay $1,000 for dozens of Facebook posts that criticized sitting Gold Belt directors. I, I speak up for what I think is right and just try to address and express my feelings the way I think it's whatever is right. But the judge did find him guilty for not filling out the required paperwork before making his comments in a public forum. Free speech is not a defense in these types of cases, she ruled. The Alaska Native Claims Settlement Act, or ANCSA, created dozens of regional, urban, and village native corporations with shares allocated to Alaska Natives based on their ties to ancestral homelands. The law was passed by the U.S. Congress, but it gives the state, not the feds, authority to regulate native corporate governance and board elections. That set up a tension between the rights of shareholders to be critical of their corporation's leaders and the need to police false or misleading statements that could dupe shareholders voting in an election. Austin's critical Facebook posts came under scrutiny after Gold Belt directors complained to state regulators, who took notice and says Austin's writings went to the very heart of why it regulates shareholder speech. And that's to promote transparency in corporate board elections. These are alluding to um, 
incumbent directors, and they're talking about these directors engaging in illegal activity. That's Leif Haugen, Chief of Enforcement at the State Division of Banking and Securities, speaking at Austin's hearing last fall. So it's exactly these types of statements that we feel we have to act on and that we do act on in order to maintain transparency uh, in elections of the corporations that are subject to our jurisdiction. But it was here that the judge disagreed. Even though regulators say they disregarded Austin's complaints because it had accepted the Gold Belt Corporation's version of events, she disagreed that his post was false or misleading. The judge did let a $500 fine stand because Austin hadn't filed financial disclosures that's required by the state before making public statements about a Native Corporation's board election. And she took her cues from this year's Alaska Supreme Court decision that affirmed state regulators' power to do so. Anchorage attorney Susan Orlansky argued that case on behalf of the ACLU. She points out there's no truth police regulating conventional political races. We leave all of that under the First Amendment to what the courts tend to call the marketplace of ideas so that people get to sort out what's true and not true and who they want to believe. But Alaska is tightly regulating this um, when there are shareholders, almost exclusively Alaska Native people, speaking their opinions about an upcoming board of directors election for the corporation. And I find that troubling. The Division of Banking and Securities is the state's primary financial regulator. It's charged with enforcing the rules of payday lenders, mortgage companies, consumer finance, and others. But state officials conceded during Austin's hearing that the majority of its investigations are focused on Native corporations. It uses fees levied on them to pay for a dedicated investigator. The agency says most of its work is complaint-driven, and it opens about a half-dozen enforcement actions a year. Ray Austin, who's from southeast Alaska but now lives in New Mexico, says Alaska Natives aren't like conventional shareholders who choose to buy or sell shares to protect a financial investment. We had no choice to be put in this corporate world, but at the same time, we have no choice. We have to work with it or try to make it as best as we can. The state's financial regulations are modeled on the Federal Securities and Exchange Commission, which regulates non-Native corporations. But the SEC loosened its regulations in the early 90s to allow reasonable criticism of corporate governance. Alaska hasn't followed suit. In her decision in Austin's case, Administrative Law Judge Carmen Clark noted the apparent imbalance of power between Native corporations and individual shareholders. And she wrote that it's important to keep state laws and regulations designed to protect shareholders from being, quote, weaponized against them. Reporting in Juno, I'm Jacob Resnick. Juno's high school seniors are finally graduating this weekend after facing the unprecedented challenge of finishing high school during a global pandemic. The circumstances brought canceled plans and disrupted learning, but for some, it led to a whole new path in life. KTOO's Pablo Pena reports. When asked how they would describe their school year, here's what some of Juno's 270 or so graduating seniors had to say. Inspiring. Resilience. Honestly, I'd say quick. It, it flew by. A very weird learning experience. It's changed my life, I guess. <laughs> Yaro Platt is graduating from Yakusuke Dakahiri Alternative High School. This was a year of transitions for her. Before Platt started going to Yakusuke, she transferred from Juno Douglas High School, and before that, she transferred from a high school in Gustavus just before the pandemic started. 
Amidst all the chaos, she says the switch to distance learning at Juno Douglas didn't work out for her. Uh, I was already kind of struggling academically a little bit um, after having had to move to Juno from Gustavus for the first time in my life um, at 15 also, which was a little crazy uh, by myself. It was only after she transferred to Yakusuke that she really felt at home. Honestly, switching to this school, I think that's been one of the best things that's happened to me this whole year. Platt says the pace of classes and the teachers really helped her through this last semester. And her resilience paid off. After all her hard work, she's graduating a year earlier than expected. I feel like I kind of, after all like the difficult things, I finally accomplished something and I was able to do something good. Platt wasn't the only one who struggled to get the hang of distance learning this year. For Shemery Marty, a senior at Thunder Mountain High School, life before the pandemic was hectic but fun. It was also something she took for granted. I really enjoyed learning um, in person. I didn't really know how important it was to me before the pandemic, but having it in person was just wonderful. That all ended when the pandemic hit. I felt like my room was a prison at some point because every day was get up, go online, go eat something, and then go back to bed. It, it was something that was so hard for me to do continuously every single day. On top of the stress of learning from home, her plans to go to college in the lower 48 were derailed. Do you know kids really want to go out and just explore the world? before coming back and settling down, and that was my plan. That didn't happen, so Marty went with her backup plan to stay in Juneau for two years and go to the University of Alaska Southeast. But the pandemic wasn't a negative experience for all of Juno's graduating seniors. Logan Miller is a senior at Thunder Mountain. Like his peers, he had a difficult time adjusting to distance learning, along with canceled soccer practice. I felt like I didn't have as much energy, I didn't feel as motivated, I wasn't as happy, I'd say. But Miller says he turned that negativity into a learning experience. Miller learned to work out on his own in hopes that someday he could play college soccer. It was that self-motivation that helped him cope with all the adverse impacts of the pandemic. I felt like more energized and happier and healthier and just getting ready for soccer again, and I felt really good. Like many of Juno's graduating seniors, Miller was forced to live through the last year of high school with stressors that no other generation has had to live through in recent history. But the positive lessons he learned will stick with him for the rest of his life. Reporting in Juno, I'm Pablo Arauz Peña. I'm Peter Apathy, and this has been Raven News. And in the weather forecast for today, mostly cloudy skies with highs 48 to 54. Light winds becoming south around 10 miles per hour in the afternoon. And tonight, cloudy skies, lows in the mid-40s. Southeast winds 10 to 15 miles per hour. 